on the cover, William, Darren, and Piro gather on the grand marble staircase which leads upwards towards an impossibly long shot of the Infernus Tower. Lying on the steps between them is the unconscious form of Debbie Diabolus. Darren kneels on one side trying to rouse Debbie. William stands on the other, arms crossed across his chest. A few steps down, Piro points upwards to the top of the stairs, where fire and smoke are coalescing into a demonic form. Picked out in the smoke, mirrored against the windows of the tower, are the silhouettes of two bears. Issue 51, Standards of Practice. Welcome back to Apex City. Uh, We open up on panels of news crews. In London, the Excalibur is being uh, interviewed and reassuring citizens that despite Axiom's attack, they are still safe. In Ontario, Bulletproof is sheepishly giving an interview, looks a little bit bewildered that he is not being arrested, but seems to have maybe a rehabilitated image at least for the moment. And in Apex City, we panel in on Simone Park, which used to be this wide green public space and is now a desolate, flat, gray wasteland. A news crew is setting up towards the edge of the park, and we can see in the background towards the center there is this small wooden box that is just resting gently in the middle of this as a unseasonable snow begins to fall. One hour ago, Axiom launched a shocking worldwide attack. Cities across the globe are still reeling and trying to pierce together what happened. Here at home, the strangest part of this story may be the apparently pointless destruction of Simone Park. Was this part of Axiom's assault, or an entirely separate superpowered phenomenon? We've been told that a Kopi investigation team is being dispatched to secure the area, and we'll be here on the scene to keep you up to date as events unfold. For ACN Channel 4, this is Vera Way. But that's not super important at the moment. Let's get to the Infernus Tower, where... Debbie, at this point, is pretty much unconscious. Piro, Darren, uh, and William are hanging out with Ruby, who seems uncharacteristically quiet and maybe a little pensive. How's it going? We should be taking her to a doctor. Who? Debbie. She's She is sleeping in the sleep style of which one who's injured. She should see a doctor. Doesn't your family not have a family pruner or gardener? <laughs> You know, uh, I think Barty might consider himself to be a bit of a gardener, but I'm not quite sure that's what you're asking. I mean, doctors aren't really going to help her at this point. She's running out of life essence. They helped your father. They really didn't. He was in a coma when he went in, and he was in a coma when he went out. Are you a doctor? No. So what authority say you? <laughs> This is magic. To whether or not she can see a doctor. This is magic. I believe, William, that you are allowing your grudge against a person to let her die. This is unacceptable. I'm just trying to think of how I can get my powers back from her. She is unconscious. We should take her to a doctor. Oh, it's almost like making someone helpless and then taking away their powers involuntarily is, you know, a bad thing to do. <laughs> I would like to roll to strike out at some point. <laughs> Okay, um, so what are you what are you doing here? My intent is to draw a line in the sand of letting a human being, regardless of their past actions, die from injuries be a worthwhile punishment for taking something that you didn't want anyway. So it seems like you're basically trying to get William to do something, right? Uh, which is straight up a, a provoke someone role. 
Okay. Do you at this point in time have influence over William? I think so. I believe everyone does. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. And I don't have guilty marked. So that influence gives you plus one. So go for it. Seven. Uh, so on a seven to nine, you can choose one. If William does this, uh, so if, if he goes along and lets you, you know, take Debbie to a hospital, uh, we'll add a team to the pool. Or if he does not do this, he will mark a condition. Oh, I would like him to take her to a hospital and add a team to the pool. Uh, so, so you've been offered kind of a carrot here. While you're considering that, I want to get over to Piro because you're kind of in the background here. Sobbing. Just sobbing. Okay. Uncontrollably. <laughs> I think I think Ruby is definitely looking over towards Simone Park, and you can see uh, above it there is this like rising cloud, and there is snow beginning to like snow down from it, which is probably a good sign. It's fine. Yeah, Ruby sort of looks over at you, and like there's this moment where she's like kind of like outstretching a hand to like like pat you or something like comfortingly, and then is like mm, no. I do want to say though, while Darren and uh, William are having their confrontation you do see something kind of happening that they haven't quite caught on to yet. So again, you're kind of out front of the of the Infernus Tower, and in the doorway, there is this growing pillar of smoke that is now resolved into a fairly large, like, barrel-trested sort of form in this, like, bright, bright vest, bow tie. Uh, and as the smoke coalesces, it coalesces down into a cigar in the face of one Balthazar Infernus. Oh, that's my buddy. That is your body. Oh, I feel I, I feel so much better now. And he is just sort of like watching Darren and William go at it and waiting for them to notice that he's here. I think he does kind of like look at you and give a little wink. So, so are you doing anything with that? Yes, I am absolutely pointing and uh, my sobs are going away. I'm sobbing less. Uh, still, still a little bit, but not as profusely as before. And I'm like waving at my friends and trying to get them to stop, but you know, between sobs. So that's really fun. <laughs> so William, um, Darren has put it to the point where if you do this thing, you are kind of being the better person and you will add a team to the pool. Let's let's resolve that before we move on. Yeah, what do you do? How do you respond to that? So, let me get this straight. You want me to take Debbie to a hospital and allow her to hopefully get better. That makes sense to me. My question is, why should I even listen to you? Ever since we got together, what have you guys ever done to support me? All of you are just doing your own things. And whenever things get tough and personal, none of you call me for help. None of you ask for me to actually help you with anything. You just go off and do all of your own things. And then when I asked you for help, you sided with someone else entirely as they hurt me and my family. So sure. I'll take Debbie to the hospital. I'll be the bigger, better man here, if that's what I'm expected to do. But I don't see any reason why I should ever hang out with you guys anymore. I do have a, I do have a quick question. Yes. He never asked for help, though. Like, I'm not trying, this is not in character. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm no. establishing, like, the fact that you actually never did come to us for help, and we tried calling you, and you ignored <laughs> all of our phone calls. That may like, be, but that isn't, like, that's simple. I'm just stating, like, the fact is you actually never, like, you create a very strange narrative that didn't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bro, we squatted together. Yeah, we, we lived 
lived in an abandoned house together. I shared my imaginary couch with you. I went to the moon for you. <laughs> I'm not yeah, we all that. helped you get your brother's boyfriend back. We all helped you with that. That absolutely makes sense yeah. from Jordan's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> from the perspective of a whiny teenager, not so much. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that, like, you, in fact, did not ask for help. We have, like, sacrifice. We, we tried to contact you. We did an entire intergalactic mission for you, and you're like, you did nothing for me. <laughs> okay, okay. I think the way I want to resolve this uh, is, is as such. William, do you have influence over Darren right now? He does. I think yeah. everyone has influence. Okay, because that is textbook using your influence to hurt someone. So we're going to burn that influence, uh, and yeah, Darren, absolutely. I think you're going to mark a condition. That sounds solid. Whether or not it's true, it is hurtful. Right. And I think that is the point where uh, Piro's gesticulating and pointing and trying to split this up sort of becomes apparent, and you hear a voice kind of off to the side, Ow! And I thought I was vicious. <sighs> Now you're here. Fantastic. What do you want? Oh, it's not about what I want. It's about what I'm beholden to do. And he kind of points up towards the sky. So as it turns out, at this particular point in time, your little world has most of its defense systems tied up or in ruins, and that is an excellent time to strike an invasion. Okay. That's cool. I'm just giving you the heads up. Technically. And he points at Debbie. Technically, I'm here for her. How many things can invade this planet at the same time? I'm just, can't, what, can't they just fight each other? <laughs> if you hadn't taken care of the Axiom thing, uh, they probably would have. On the upside, they don't have to anymore. Overlords are in for a cakewalk. Now, if you'll excuse me, I do need to be taking her and going. Where are you taking her? And he kind of leans in. I'm taking her to do her duty. She took up a contract. No, she needs to go to the hospital. Hate to say this. There's no medicine on this planet that's going to save her right now. Told you. <laughs> yes, I, I hate to acknowledge this because my grandboy was very mean just now, but ultimately correct. All right, Darren, take her to the hospital. I'm going along with Grandpappy here. What would make you think that that's an acceptable deal for me? We're going to forge a new contract. I don't think you understand the gravity of this particular situation. I think I do. You've, you've explained it pretty clearly. No. And he kind of points up where the, that little hole is growing in the sun. That's the overlords opening the door. Once the sun is eclipsed, they're here. The time for negotiating is done. They are mobilizing, kiddo. Does she have to go alone? She has to go with me. Unless you feel like trying to stop me. Do it. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know how to combat a ghost. <laughs> If I'm remembering my poltergeist film correctly, I don't know how to interact with the ghost. Well, it is worth mentioning Balthazar is not a ghost. Balthazar is here. Okay. Uh, again, for the reader on the page, Balthazar at this point very much looks like the physical manifestation of one of William's spectral demons. Just much, much bigger, large horns, little wreath of flames around his head. Very intimidating. Also wearing a very fancy uh, carnival barker vest, a bow tie, and smoking a cigar. Remind me of the actual terms of this contract. Ah, yes. Material wealth, temporal power, fantastic abilities, and in return, servitude. Right. Your friend had a decent idea. Cut the source off at the head, renegotiate who bears it. If she'd been a little faster, if she'd gone out before, well, all this, wouldn't be anyone left to uphold the end. So, you know this, Grandpappy. 
When Debbie stole the powers, stole the contract, she cut off my access to the altar. I can't get back there anymore. Can you get me back there? Could. Probably. Will. Probably not. And why not? Because I don't have a vested interest in it at this point, kiddo. Oh, you don't have a vested interest in your family? Do I mean that little to you? <laughs> think about it this way. You pop pops good in business. You think Debbie got in and out there without my say-so, without my understanding. You think anything that she did in there was without my blessing. I am the one who altered that contract. She just came to me with the idea. Smart business move. My descendants get off scot-free. I only have to take one person I'm not even related to. And yet, we're all going to probably die. Still. Don't die's a hard term. World's no good to them dead. She's still a person. Even if she's not related, she's still a person. Hey, you're barking up the wrong tree there. Uh, he doesn't care. As if you do either. Let's get over to Jackie, where some things are happening. <laughs> yes. I want you to walk us through a couple of panels where we actually see what's what's going on. The way this sort of looks on the page is, you know, when when this whole uplinked axiom is complete, you know, we get we we get some flashbacks here. We get pictures of from memories of you know being in a room, you know, a teenage girl lying on like a medical bed and like a bank of computers and all this sort of stuff going on, and basically you know images of locks popping open and things like that. Just you know visuals of this past life that Jackie had before she was created by the Infernus Company, unlocking sort of all these things, clicking, connections being made, networks and stuff. So we get that happening somewhere in there. We get sort of like the cells sort of like start to split apart. So you know where we. We have one side of cells with different memories than the other side of cells. And then when we come back to the present, there's two forms here under this bridge where Jackie has been. So we get the bear sort of sit up and sort of look around. And in the background, we get another head that's bear-shaped sit up and look around. And they're going to sort of look at each other like, <gasps> because at this moment, there are two bears now under this bridge. One of them looks more or less like a normal bear, maybe slightly larger, a normal black bear. Uh, and the other one is an entirely robotic bear bear-shaped that has very similar sort of um, motifs to the Axiom 3 suit, the one that got destroyed on the moon, combined with some of the, the previous Jackie stuff. So yeah, we now have two people here. And I want to get some caption bubbles, uh, not not bubbles, but like some caption boxes to tell us the names of these characters. For the black bear, the Baroness is back, is sort of what it says. Baroness returns. And then on the other side, when the other bear comes up, it's going to say, introducing Tardigrade. And I think there's that moment where the two of them look at each other. And then I think this is probably kind of a confusing and maybe scary uh, sort of moment. I think they just run in opposite directions. Because I think it's yeah. just that like... Yeah, that sounds right. Just flee. Which will make bookkeeping for me and uh, roleplaying for you slightly easier since you don't have to talk to yourself. You mean you're not going to have an episode of me just talking to myself? I mean, I might at some point, but not right now. <laughs> Sure. Give yourself different voices. <laughs> I might. I might. We'll see. So, so, so I guess the question here is, in what direction is the Baroness running? Perhaps through some sort of animalistic instinct, the Baroness is running towards Simone Park. And how about Tardigrade? Tardigrade is running the other way, sort of towards the outskirts of the city, I imagine. 
And as we get those panels uh, of the two of them just like fleeing in opposite directions, I think we we mostly follow the Baroness at this point towards Simone Park. And as you get close, you can see that there is an unseasonable winter storm uh, that seems to be generating directly over the park. And your bare senses smell this snow, and it it just it smells wrong. It mm. looks like snow. It, it's colder here, but it smells like ash. And as you come close to the park, you can see it start to like waft down. And there's this news crew sort of set up in front of the park. And as it begins to touch them, they just sort of like freeze. And this like snow begins to coat their bodies in this like fine ash until what's left standing there are these smooth marble statues of people. That's not good. Probably not. And you you can see that uh, it's not like super rapid. But it is absolutely expanding. I run faster. I don't want to get marbleized, and I can't help these people who have already been marbleized. I'm feeling particularly vulnerable right now, so I'm going to keep running. Okay. Are you running anywhere in particular? Is Kopi headquarters in the direction of Simone Park? It can be. Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm continuing to run towards where I consider safe, which is, you know, through there. Okay, so you're heading towards Kopi. And as you get there, again, we don't need to follow you the entire way, but as you get there, you can see that the pyramid itself has one of its walls sort of, like, broken in. There is a huge hole from where Axiom slammed into it. There are... A lot of emergency vehicles kind of set up here as sort of a mobile triage because a lot of people got hurt. And sort of walking around through them and giving aid and support and comfort and talking with folks is uh, Olivia LaRange. Yay! She made it. She has one arm in a sling, but she is still going about her business. Yay! (laughs) That was a roller coaster. LaRange is here. Yay! She's injured. (laughs) No! But she's helping. Yay! Okay, so I'm, I'm around Olivia, and I'm like, Olivia, oh my god, I saw this weird wind, and it's turning people into marble, and so we're gonna see this going on, and then in another panel on the side, we're gonna get Olivia vision, and it's just gonna be a bear going, This is the narrative choice we all needed at this moment in time. Someone has to lighten the mood here. So I think Olivia stops uh, what she's doing. She says, hold, hold on, Jean. I need, I need to. I need to handle this. Are you lost? Did you Did you wander out of a zoo? Did somebody Did some Did Axiom break the zoo? Oh, I know they just got a new bear exhibit too. Oh my god. Jackie's gonna say, Olivia, what's wrong? We know each other. You know, we we have this, you know, amicable uh, love-hate thing going on. Don't you remember? And, you know, I'm doing this back and forth gestures with my paws and, like, doing all this stuff that's going on. And then you just <laughs> Okay, now hold on. You're, you're you're making this this sort of like back and forth like 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 like. Are you are you trying to are you trying to communicate something? Are you are you saying you want to go back back <laughs> to your to your Hold on, I think I, I think I have somebody over at the Apex City Zoo on speed dial. Give me just a minute, I'll see if we can't figure this out. Okay. <laughs> and she slowly, like, gets a phone out and, like... Jackie's gonna smack the phone. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, can we do way back to, like, episode one where we all were meeting up and Jackie was being uh, tested on by the scientist who was both a zoologist and an android specialist. Can he be the same? The Dr. Bahat. Dr. Yes, Bahat, Bahat, who got kidnapped, but then we saved him. Can we bring him back? Can he? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, Dr. Bahat is making a comeback. Let's do it. He's actually been in. A, he's actually been in an episode pretty recently. Yeah, that's right. He has. Oh, yeah, he's a yeah. good guy. Uh, so you smack the phone out of out of her hand. 
I am going to need you to directly engage Olivia. <laughs> take something from her. Okay, let's do it. That's a 10. On a 10 plus, you can definitely take something uh, from... So you can take that phone from her. What else do you want to do? Let's impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I think that definitely works. I think she is definitely surprised that this bear just, like, swipes a phone out of her hand. Or just impressed at the bear's pantomime skills. Either one. I I like that we get a couple of panels that all happen very, very quickly. Because the thing you did not do was resist or avoid blows. Yes, pointedly. So, So what we get is we see this phone fly up into the air. And it does, like, a little bit of a half flip. And we see Olivia grab your bear paw and chuck her shoulder under your elbow and just flip you fully onto the ground. And then we see the phone crest the the top of its, you know, of its parabolic arc. And we see you impact the ground, and she lifts a foot and plants it in your chest, and we see you sink, like, half an inch into the concrete. And at that point, the phone hits the ground, and Olivia goes, Okay, I'm gonna need you to settle down now. And it's worth remembering, we often forget that Olivia is super fucking strong. Both emotionally and physically. And I think she does kind of like, like, lean down with her one good hand uh, and sort of just like, put a hand uh, on your shoulder. Hey, I understand you're scared. It's a scary time, but there's no need to lash out like that. <laughs> if you just hang out, we're gonna get you back home in no time. Oh my god! <laughs> if you end up at the zoo, ask for Edgar the tax steer. He'll give you a deal. I will look for Edgar the tax steer. I want to pause there for a minute as Jackie is realizing that maybe Olivia doesn't know who she is. Yes. And I want to get back to this William Pirro Darren scene with Balthazar and Furness, uh, where some, some, some feelings have been hurt, some words have been said. I think, I think at this point, Balthazar is kind of walking over pointedly to where Debbie is still kind of unconscious. Where is she? Is she just in the middle of the street at this point? Or have you moved On her somewhere? the steps of the building. So I think Balthazar is just kind of like walking down, because I, I assume this is like one of those like long, ominous staircases, right? This house is all ominous staircases. You're right. This tower is all ominous. You're welcome. And he, he appeared sort of at the top of this, and so he is like walking down towards Debbie and takes a big puff on his cigar. Well... Hate to chat and run, but I am on a deadline. So let me make this painfully clear for you, kiddo. I am your pop-pop, and in that sense, I do love you, but I can't let you get in my way. And I'm not about to help you do some damn fool thing like throw your life away. I'm gonna take this girl. Pop-pop, we've talked before. Do you really think that I don't have some sort of ace up my sleeve? I'm gonna call your bluff on that one, kiddo. And he walks down, and he starts to reach out for Debbie. What do you do? I am- uh, Darren is going to grab her and fly away. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Because this is an ongoing situation, so Darren's going to try and grab her and fly away. William, what are you up to? Oh, I'm pulling a void chime out of my pocket. Uh, and Piro, are you reacting to this? Uh, yeah. I want to know what's going to happen to William, so I'm going to ask Balthazar what's going to happen to William if she doesn't go. So I think the way that I want to resolve these uh, is sort of in sort of reverse order. I want to start with Piro. Uh, so you're asking Balthazar, basically, what's going to happen to William? Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, ha- hand still de-dotted there. I show my hand, hand up, little wave. Wonderful. Much as you are unbespotted, well, William is unbecursed. So to answer your question shortly, not a damn thing. Uh, and then let's move over to William pulling out a void chime. What are you doing with that? Oh, I'm going to use it on him. Oh, you're just going to strike it at him? <laughs> okay. 
Ping. Fantastic. Now, there is a move for that. There is! I don't have that document pulled up. You want to just remind me what that is? Let me pull it up right quick, because I wasn't expecting you to strike a void chime at your pop-pop. I really wasn't expecting it either, but he's being a dick. <laughs> oh, because you're a saint right now. <laughs> you know, it runs It runs in the family. I would agree with that. Like demon grandpa, like grandchild. Uh, so, to answer your question, uh, when you strike a void chime, uh, you roll plus freak, minus two if you are afraid. That'll be a nine. Uh, on a hit, the seismic wave is controlled, so the target in your line of sight who is touching the ground, which Balthazar is, all of those things, uh, marks a condition, and you create an opportunity for your allies. Uh, on a seven to nine, you are going to pick one thing from the following list. Either this chime is not going to attract further magical or supernatural attention, or you are not going to mark the seismic event track, which is still in play. Oh, sweet. Then I'm definitely marking the seismic event track. And I will create, an apparently, an opportunity for Darren to get out of here. So yeah, you strike this, and the shockwave rips up the stairs, cracks through them, and you see Balthazar get hit by this and just, like, thrown back a few feet. Uh, the cigar falls out of his mouth, and he starts to push himself back up, but you can see that, like, that took more out of him than he was expecting. And let's move over to Darren, because you are now, uh, trying to fly away with Debbie. Yep. Uh, and I think the way we're gonna work that is as a defend someone, and I think that opportunity that William gave you is gonna give you a plus one on that. Okay, I am minus- I am insecure right now. So it's your savior, minus two, but plus one. I rolled a six. We do have team in the pool. Piero, William, do you wanna help? Uh, can I give him, like, a, a little- a little push? Like, a little psychic mind power push? Trampoline bounce. I would like to change it to trampoline bounce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you mime a trampoline. Uh, Darren grabs Debbie and bounces off of that. Now on a seven to nine, it is going to cost you. Uh, but you're also going to get to pick a good thing. So do you want to add a team to the pool to replace the one that Piero just spent? Do you want to take influence over Debbie Diabolus? Or would you like to clear a condition? I'm going to clear a condition. And the other thing to note is that on a seven to nine, it's going to cost you. Do you want to escalate the situation or expose yourself to danger? Escalate. So we see uh, Darren beginning to, you know, fly off with Debbie. And as she does, Balthazar sort of looks up from the stairway crater that he is in at the moment. And his eyes just flare up like we've seen your dads do before. Ah, kiddo, didn't think you had it in ya. And he pushes himself back up. And he normally has, like, big, like, demony kind of wings. And they flare out uh, and likewise light up and a circle of fire bursts up around this building. Well, you've heard of a three-ring circus, right? Welcome to my ring, boy. Uh, and at this point, let's get back over to Jackie, out front Kopi Pyramid. Uh -huh. And Olivia has gotten Jean, the agent that she was talking to previously to go grab her phone, uh, whilst she keeps a foot on this bear that, you know, seems to be freaking out a little bit. I guess the question is, what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, so basically what I'm going to try to do is shove Olivia off me. I guess the question is, what is your goal here, aside from just getting her off you? Well, I'm realizing that Olivia either doesn't seem to know what I am, which means, at least according to me, the thing that seems most likely is either she's been taken over by something, so she's not herself anymore, or she's some sort of replicant. So I'm, I'm trying to get away from Olivia, because I think Kopi has been compromised. We're going to call that an Unleash Your Powers, then. Unleash Your um, Powers, all right. Yeah, to overcome an obstacle. Okay, okay. Because you're not actually trying to, like, trade blows with Olivia. You're just trying to get out of the situation. Yeah, I guess I'm not smashing through scenery, am I? I mean, you could be. It's up to you. 
Because I do have, now that uh, Jackie is the transformed, I have this new move called Unstoppable. Which is when you smash your way through the scenery to get to or away from something. Roll plus danger. I'm going to hold off on that one for now. I think I'm just going to try to uh, unleash my powers here. That's an 11. On a 10 plus, you do the thing. Um, I think you manage to shove Olivia off you. Um, and then you manage to like scramble away and start fleeing the pyramid. Uh, as we get a scene of Olivia getting her phone and like awkwardly dialing with like the one hand. Hey, uh, yeah, Grover, fun facts. We got a bear on the loose. You don't think you could, uh, get a, get a, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does the zoo have a containment team? <laughs> you need to borrow one of ours? Cause they're, they're kind of tied up at the moment. So the question here is, I, I would like to kind of follow Jackie for just a sec. Yes. Where are you going? Uh, I don't really know where I'm going. My first thought now, now my mind is going to drift to the Phoenix Watch, because my mind normally drifts to the Phoenix Watch when I'm trying to call for backup for my team. So basically, I'm going to get on the Phoenix Watch, you know, get on the watch and type to them, where are you guys? I think the way I want to do this, because, uh, and the only reason I'm doing this is because you are a bear trying to type with bear claws uh, yeah, for the first fair. time on a piece of delicate equipment. <laughs> I am going to have you unleash your powers, but I'd like to roll that with superior. Well, I rolled an 11. So it's definitely more difficult than you're expecting because bear claws, tiny, you know, phone screen. Uh, but you managed to get your message out to your friends to kind of ask where they're at. And I want to cut to, I think, Piro's Phoenix Watch going off because William's holding a void chime. Darren's holding a Debbie. Piro is not holding anyone. <laughs> They are holding themselves together. That's a handful. Uh, so, so you get this this ping on your Phoenix watch, uh, this text message from Jackie, uh, as Balthazar has just pulled up this big fiery ring around the building. What are you up to at this point? So, I guess I'm I'm looking at my little my little Phoenix watch, and I was trying to think of something clever to type back, but all I can think of are lyrics to Ring of Fire. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to do that. So I, I'm just gonna say we're at the Inverness Tower, uh, but. Be careful, the situation's hot. Bye. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we can see in the panels around you, uh, as you're typing that, uh, from the, you know, fiery wall that has sprung up around this building. So remember when you were up in the little ritual room and those demons popped out of those alcoves? Kind of like that, but more so. Probably a solid dozen fiery demons start walking out of the wall towards the group of you. Uh, I want to ask Darren, uh, because I'm going to leave this up to you. Did you get outside the radius of this ring before that wall went up, or are you trapped in here as well? Basically, are you trapped inside or outside? I want to say outside, because Darren, we've established, is very fast. And that's fine. I just yeah, wanted to establish so which side I, of that barrier you yeah, were on. Yeah, I, I would like to establish she is outside. She made it outside. Uh, so then inside we have a solid uh, dozen fiery demons uh, slowly surrounding William, Piro, and Ruby who, now that there is something to hit with a bat, seems like she is sort of coming back around to hitting things with a bat. Hey! Uh, so so she is readying her bat for the first demon that gets into swinging range. William, what are you up to? I don't really want to get into this fight. I feel like this needs to get to be an actual fight here. You hit him with a void chime. Yeah, <laughs> to prove a point. <laughs> that, you're, that you're a pacifist now. I'm sorry, the message got lost. I only hit you to show how much I love you. That's how this family works. I want your respect, Pop Pop. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this seems perfectly normal to me. I mean, honestly, so. yeah, that doesn't seem that off. Look, old man, doesn't need to go down this way. I don't want it to happen this way. I would love to find a different alternative here, but you're not exactly helping out. I have resources and i have 
some semblance of a plan. I'm not saying it's a good one, but I don't like your plan any better because it involves the enslavement of this entire planet. So here's my question then, Pop Pop. What happens when the contract is fulfilled in, I don't know, a couple hours? What happens to you? That sounds like a pierce the mask to me. So go ahead and roll plus mundane. Fortunately, you uh, massively upped my mundane recently. So thanks for that. That's not good. That's going to be a six. I think the hard move here is that as we see these uh, fiery demons circling around us around you, Balthazar makes his way down the steps to stand in front of you and slowly puts a hand out to rest on your shoulder. It was never about what happens to me. And the thing is, much as you want to act like a hero, you're a kid. You never should have been placed in this position. And I'll make sure that you're okay in the world after. And then he punches you in the gut. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take a powerful blow. Ooh, that's a good time for a 10. Oh, God. So what option do you want to pick? Oh, I mean, logically, there's only one good option, which is to just pass out. So, yeah, he just punches you straight up in the gut, and you crumple around his fist. And as you do, he, like, gingerly lays you down on the steps and then looks over at Piro. Well, as I said before, hate to run. I am on a deadline. And he walks through that wall of fire, leaving you inside with about 12 burning demons. And we'll see you next issue. Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of news broadcasts, long cons, and incomprehensible bear sounds. You should pick up a copy before the world gets taken over by demons. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Fear Away was played by Elliot Peterson, who can be found on Twitter at Elliot Elen. Apex City is teamed by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram, at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or surrounded by demons in a burning ring of fire. Follow us on Twitter, at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.